1: Good morning, Central Texas listeners, and welcome to Red Sea Roundup. I'm your host today, Judy Como. We're he- I'm here in the studio with our station manager, Thaddeus Romansky. Good morning, Thaddeus. Good morning,
0: Judy. How the
1: heck are you?
0: I'm good. I'm excited about today. I think we've got a neat lineup coming at us. We, we want to say Good morning to our listeners at KEDC 88.5 FM, KYAR 98.3 FM, Central Texas, and I never forget my listeners in Palestine, (laughs) KINF 107.9. Welcome to all of you. So glad that you're with us.
1: Absolutely. We have a jam-packed show today. Um, Lots of, lots of information, but we're going to get Cody Ponzio on. He's called in this morning. He's the... Newly uh, hired high school youth minister over at St. Anthony's. Good morning, Cody. Good
2: morning, Judy. Good morning, Thaddeus. How are y'all doing this morning? Wonderful. Woo-hoo! Thanks for coming on.
1: We're rocking and rolling. So, um, congratulations on your uh, promotion to the youth minister, and we got lots to talk about. But uh, tell us why you called in this morning.
2: Well, I was actually wanted to call in because I wanted to uh, share with all of our Catholic listeners out there and just anybody in the Central Texas area that the St. Anthony's High School Youth Group is having a hamburger fundraiser this coming Sunday, January 28th. And the reason we are having this fundraiser is we are trying to raise funds to go to the Diocesan Catholic Youth Conference in Waco, Texas. It is a conference that we've been going to pretty much ever since I've been in uh, in say, and that was over 10 or 11 years ago. So it's definitely a part, it's definitely a tradition, and it's definitely a huge part of our youth's growth. And um, just to give our listeners a little bit of, of info, the Burger Social, like I said, is happening this Sunday, January 28th. It will be at the John Malinowski Center. It is just uh, right across the street from St. Anthony's Catholic Church in Bryan. It is $10 a, p- a plate, excuse me and you can you can purchase tickets at the door of the malinowski Center, and we would really love to see you there. We'd really love to have you we've We've set a goal, and we are very, very close to achieving that goal, but it never hurts to have a few more new faces either from other parishes or just from from around the community to come and come out and support us We'd really yeah, appreciate it
1: absolutely um Cody, since I'm going to DCYC with you, I already know the answers to the questions, but um, we have 17 or so teens going and four adults, and uh, just so very excited uh, for our listeners uh, the next portion of the show. uh, We're going to be talking more about DCYC, and um, so shout out the times and the prices and the info one more time as we uh, close out with this uh, little session here.
2: Absolutely. So the event is at the John Malinowski Center this Sunday, January 28th, from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., and the cost is $10 per plate, and donations are accepted.
1: Great. You can call the church for more information at 979-823-8145. You can call the station, and we can uh, pass on that information. So we wish you a lot of luck on uh, the fundraiser this weekend, and I'm going to help you flip those burgers, okay?
2: <laughs> that sounds good, Judy. Thank you so much, and God bless
0: everyone. All right, Cody. Thanks a lot. Bye now, Cody.
2: You're welcome. Thank right. you so much. Bye bye.
0: Okay, so now what do we have next on tap? Judy, we're gonna
1: uh, we uh, had to use our technology expertise and record a little conversation with Allison Tate. She's the Director of Young Adult Campus Ministry with a Diocese, and she's going to talk more about DCYC uh, this week. This conference is our 60th anniversary here in the Austin Diocese.
0: Terrific. Let's hear from Allison. Yes.
1: Okay. I'd like to welcome this morning Allison Tate. Allison is the Director of Youth, Young Adult, and Campus, Campus Ministry at uh, our Austin Diocese. Allison, good morning. Hi, good morning. How's it going today? Pretty well. Awesome. Well, I've uh, been very excited to talk to you uh, about an upcoming event, uh, really for a couple of months now, and uh, had waited for the right timing, uh, and my show fell just one week before this big event, and that event is the 60th uh, anniversary of our Diocesan Youth Conference, DCYC. So I imagine yep. you've been more excited to talk about it perhaps than me. How's it going? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, I am not able to say I went to the first DCYC, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's just say 45 years ago as a high school youth, uh, we attended the CYO convention, and that's, uh, we've had quite a process. So bring, us, bring our listeners uh, up to date on the 60th anniversary.
3: Sure. So DCYC is sort of the modern version of what was originally called the CYO Convention, and it has evolved over the years, but it started in 1956 in our diocese, and it hasn't happened every single year. There have been a couple years off, but this is the 60th one that we are having. Um, it's actually one of the longest-running diocesan youth conventions in the country. So there are some other dioceses that do youth conventions. Ours is one of the longest-running.
1: Oh, I've uh, talked to people uh, from other states, and they're like, oh, y'all's DCYC is like the envy of all conferences across the nation. (laughs) And uh, there was a wonderful uh, article in the Catholic Spirit a couple of months ago that kind of was this stepping stone to uh, calling you and having this. um, So tell me a little bit, because I went as a high schooler and now I've been able to attend for about, I don't know, eight or 10 years as a a youth minister and a parent, um, what's behind the scenes? I would imagine it's a year round function that is able to help pull this off every year.
3: Yes. It's sort of a flagship event for our office for the uh, to serve the youth ministry parishes and programs in our parishes and our diocese. And we do planning year-round. Um, so we actually are already booking speakers for 2019, and we're sort of kind of thinking ahead a little bit, thinking of themes uh, way ahead. But we have, there's four of us here in our youth, young adult and campus ministry office that help support DCYC. And then um, our associate Director Jennifer Kotis is the main point person. She's really the, the brain behind DCYC. Mm-hmm. And then we have a committee, a volunteer committee made up of parents, um, past volunteers, youth ministers, and that is about 20 folks who do various tasks and really implement and plan DCYC for us. So it's it's um, a big operation, but we've got to go in year round. So we just sort of you know keep chugging along. Mm -hmm. So right now we're in the immediate you know getting ready
1: for the event next week. Okay, so Um, tell us you know tell our listeners when it is, where it is, and kind of go from there. Some of the
3: yeah. So this year it will be held uh, February second through February fourth. That's a weekend at the Waco Convention Center, and what happens there is we have. Almost 3,000 teens and their youth ministers come from all over the diocese. We get about 80 plus parishes there, um, so it's a nice representation yeah. of different types of parishes. And um, yeah, so we get almost 3,000 teens in one room. Um, we do a mixture of we have keynote speakers, we have lots of different types of music, both kind of entertaining and praise and worship and prayer and liturgy. Uh, we have masses, we have mass. Except for Friday evening, we have Mass every day on Saturday and then on Sunday, and various sacraments. Um, we do Adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. Uh, we do Reconciliation all day on Saturday, and we have a lot of priests who come and help us with all those kinds of things.
1: Well, I know so. it's such a blessing and such an amazing, um, heartwarming thing to come down the hallway and uh, just see this long line of not just teens, but uh, other people, uh, the adults uh, standing in line to go to confession and step into that room and just, uh, it's just very heartwarming to mm-hmm. to know that that sacrament is offered. And there's something um, as a youth minister, very uh, anonymous to a teen to be at, you know, you're not at your home parish standing in line in the view of uh, other people to where a teen might be uh, freer to go to reconciliation in that atmosphere. So it's a wonderful Mm -hmm. gift. Uh, Very always affirming and grateful for our priests from all over that come there. Uh, I I remember we used to do this kind of thing on Friday night that introduced the priest and they'd say men in black and it was a lot of fun. Um, I don't remember us doing that lately. So um, yeah, uh, there's... I would imagine there's still time to sign up if a parent was listening and had a teen that was on the fence about going. Uh, We're very excited from St. Anthony's to bring about 20 of us coming. Um, Mm -hmm. And so we have some speakers and some musicians lined up.
3: Yes, so our speakers this year are going to be um, Joe Melendrez, who is a hip-hop musician from California, Matt Regitz, who's a youth minister at a very large parish in Houston. We've got Jeremy Rodriguez, who um, used to front the band yeah. Soundwave, but now has a, a his own band uh, called To Love and Rescue, and he's going to be our MC and be doing music. Um, And then our other speakers, we've got uh, Jared Zimmerer from Word on Fire Ministries, and he is also from Dallas. He Mm -hmm. lives in Dallas. And then Lizzie Velasquez, who is a homegrown um, speaker from our own diocese, who is now a a right author, speaker, kind of thought leader on bullying. Um, She is going to be also one of our keynotes. And so... um, yeah, so we, we're we really looking forward to it. We've got uh, Dave Moore also doing music for some of our liturgy things, and we've got lots of musicians coming out, kind of being coordinated for that.
1: Yeah, um, I really enjoyed your uh, Facebook posts over the past week or so, showing some uh, vintage uh, themes and um, posters and things like yes. that. And I saw <laughs> yes, yesterday that Dave and his wife are uh, going to be involved in the music, so um, mm-hmm. kind of talk a little bit about the change from the convention, I know, and the evol- how it's evolved over the years to be uh, this, you know, dynamic, um, in my opinion, comparative to Steubenville's, uh conferences.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the evolution of DCYC really follows the evolution of youth ministry over the past decades mm-hmm. in the U.S., which is really neat. Um, Originally, Youth Ministry did not have a diocesan office with a diocesan director. When it first started, after World War II, it was kind of an organized effort. It was all run by volunteers and pastors. And so there were um, generally kind of youth leadership boards who would run this CYO organization, Catholic Youth Organization. And they organized all kinds of events, most most of them happening at the diocesan level, like various types of sports leagues or Mm -hmm. dances or just gatherings for youth. And um, that, as youth ministry continued to evolve, parishes started to, after Vatican II, parishes started to hire lay people for various ministry leadership roles, and youth ministry was one of those areas. So, as parishes started hiring youth ministers, um, either on a part-time or a full-time basis, youth ministry did kind of evolve a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh, the diocesan offices followed along and created offices of youth ministry to then support the parish efforts. And um, at a certain point, it really ended up being the office working directly with, you know, pastors and their youth ministers and youth in various ways as well with youth leadership councils and things like that over the years. We've had various types of those. Um, but it did, it did shift from a kind of CYO convention when we, when we moved, when we evolved out of the CYO model into a youth conference yeah. that is planned by many people, like I said, volunteers, youth themselves. Um, all kinds of different, um, of input there. So, um, so that, that's been one really neat thing is to see that evolution over the years.
1: Yeah. Um, probably one of the main reasons I wanted to talk to you this morning, Allison, and, uh, probably you can speak, um, to this subject, um, because you're involved in youth ministry, young adult and campus ministry is that, um, if you listen to, Catholic radio very often where there's a um element not despair but a sadness that comes with parents who have children that have uh left the church and the you know a view of the world of uh negativity towards our our church and it's just so heartwarming to come together and see nearly 3000 people learning more about their faith, growing closer to Jesus, being introduced to Jesus, perhaps for the first time. Um, I was hoping you could speak a little bit towards what I'm trying to say.
3: Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, So DCYC is very much, it comes across as a celebration of the young church today. And like you said, it is a very celebratory atmosphere, which is oh, very yes. energizing and and just really wonderful to be there with all of those teens and their youth ministers. Um, but we do gather during the weekend being very aware of of those who are not present with us. So, mm-hmm. Um, so, not forgetting about our brothers and sisters in Christ who um, are not in our church or have left have left the practice of our faith, and so DCYC does carry a very large component, especially towards the end of the weekend, of. Um, a call to go out and share our faith with others that evangelization is um is very important and it has to come out of dcyc because it can't just be just for those who attended it has to have an effect beyond that and energize uh people's faith to share our relationship with christ with others in our lives Um, and i know that we do hear a lot from parents who are disappointed or sad there's a sadness if their children have left the practice of their faith um but one thing you know we do try to tell people is that um, there' there's small opportunities, you know with with young people. Many times, kind of major life practices can be can be opportunities um, of of coming back to the faith or experiencing that church community a little bit, um, such as weddings or even funerals or, um, you know, kind of those major sacramental moments in a Mm -hmm. person's life. Baptism for young parents, um, that's going beyond the high school age a little bit, but, um, and then we also have a great opportunity now with um, Pope Francis and his message and his just really communication style. Absolutely. So that's something that I think parents can really take advantage of in terms of, you know, make sure that you're talking to your kids about Pope Francis, because we find that, even non-Catholic young people are very excited about, very supportive of and and receptive to Pope Francis's message.
1: Oh, absolutely. So, very unifying um, across the board To right. Uh, it's
3: also very positive, positively focused. Um, he talks a lot about the good of humanity, which is our themes that we know young people want to hear. And so um, he just has, you know, he just he's got that spark. and so um, and it's a great gift to our church and and our faith lives uh, today. So, we definitely recommend that parents of young people of children um, you know follow Pope Francis on all of his social media platforms. He does a great job of of uh, connecting there and it 's something you can talk to your kids about so
1: yeah um, absolutely so that's something you can do well um, from a youth minister, parent, and former attendee all in one i I thank you I thank the diocese I thank the direction of our uh, bishop and uh, auxiliary bishop and uh, all the efforts that have come together to do this year after year and you know I always kind of grin on sunday when we're leaving after mass and all the powerful events that you know it's held at a secular convention center and i was like i always think about the next group that's coming in like they have no idea they're walking on holy ground <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think it's hilarious but uh thank yeah. you uh and thank You're you for welcome. taking time this morning to uh, speak to our listeners and um remind us of the date and all of that and Sure uh, yes um and if if uh
3: I think you mentioned it earlier, but if any listeners are interested in attending DCYC still at this time, um, please contact your parish, and then your parish can contact our office, and we do have um, just a few spots open kind yeah, of at this time. Absolutely. St. So well, Anthony's Parish here
1: locally in Bryan College Station has a couple of spots available, so if great. anybody across <laughs> yeah, so the,
3: Anthony, the, if the
1: area College call us, area, we yeah, can Brian. come roll with us.
3: Sounds good, and we look forward to seeing you, um, you know, with our bishops and we're really excited to celebrate the 60th year of dcyc next weekend so absolutely
1: thank you so much allison okay have a great day and if i invite our listeners to stay with us we'll be back after this break This is now a live portion of the show. We uh, have all survived some little technical hiccups and glitches uh, from the past 20, 30 minutes, but we're here live now. I want to remind all of our listeners from uh, all over Central Texas... Um, KEDC, 88.5, KYAR 98.3, and KINF107.9. We remind you that this is a live show. We would love for you to call in with any comments or questions and you can call 85 Love Red Sea. That's 855. 855- 783 Right, Thaddeus?
0: That's right, Judy. Absolutely. And we are so apologetic for those technical difficulties we had this morning. One of them's on Dennis, one of them's on me, <laughs> so we're even. There you go. Uh, we are really pumped to have two vivacious, beautiful Focus missionaries in the studio with us this morning. Uh, I got to know about Focus through Father Ryan Higdon's intern last year. She's now a focus missionary at Kansas State University, the Little Apple in Manhattan, Kansas, Jordan Garden. Here, so that uh, area
1: is known as the Little Apple?
0: That that town is known as the Little Apple. Yet another
1: yeah. thing that I'm learning today, yeah. along with all this information about focus missionaries.
0: Yep. So I got introduced to uh, them through her uh, association with them last year and that she knew she was hopeful at that point that she was going to get picked as a missionary and now she's doing that. So... We send some some prayers and love her way. And um, I've just increasingly been impressed with their presence around St. Mary's Catholic Center here in College Station. And so we want to bring them on, especially because they just got done with their big SLS conference, student leadership Sum- seminar, summit summits, summits, <laughs> something summits with, like, a, something like a mountaintop. <laughs> they, went to the, they went to the mountaintop in Chicago, Chicago, in Chicago. Um, and they got to be in the presence of one of my heroes, Bishop Robert Barron. So that was I was a little, a little envious, little. A little, just a little. You can be bit. jealous,
1: but, but anyway, without further ado, yeah, we want
0: to uh, let you get get to Absolutely. know and well, let them here. say good morning. we uh, Mary Kate Mahalik. And Catherine Klumper, say so good morning. Ladies.
1: Well, good morning, ladies. Hello, good good morning. welcome to the show. Thank you for having Thank us. You. We're so, so excited to be here. Kind of looks a little bit like circus car clowns getting out <laughs> here, but we are really stepping on each other today. But we're gonna survive all of that and move forward so welcome and uh, why don't you give yourselves an introduction and uh, what is focus and why you're here talking with us this morning Mary-Kate you you start us off sure
4: so like um, y'all said my name is Mary-Kate Mahalik I am from Texas I'm Texas native um, I grew up in New Braunfels, and I actually went to school um, in Austin at the uh, University
1: Lord. of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, yes. You didn't even tell me that,
0: Thaddeus. We didn't know about that, folks. We love Sorry you anyways. about that. Uh, that. That's all the time we have for school. <laughs> <laughs>
4: it's okay. I've slowly become have a heart for the Aggies. I've been here a year and a half now as focus missionary. Woo-hoo. So.
0: They're I'm wearing again. maroon,
4: yes. I've <laughs> undergone a, a big St. Paul conversion um, <laughs> over the last year and a half. So, uh, But yeah, um, honored to be here. And Catherine, if you
5: want to explain about yourself. Yes, I am Catherine Clumpers. Like y'all said, I am a first year missionary. I'm from Kansas, so a little suburb of Kansas City called Lenexa. And I, yeah, like I said, I'm a first year missionary here. And um, I graduated from Benedictine College in Atchison, Kansas, where actually that was where Focus began. So that's a fun little tidbit for you.
1: Well, tell us uh, what is Focus? How did you come to know about it? And how did, was your college experience impacted by Focus missionaries and your calling to it? And
5: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so FOCUS stands for the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. And like I said, it started at Benedictine College, which is pretty fun. Um, I love I love being able to say that. Um, so yeah, I got involved actually through an avenue of FOCUS, which is called Varsity Catholic, which is an outreach for athletes specifically. And I was on the track team at Benedictine, so I got plugged in right away through one of the fellow students who was, she was a junior at the time. Her name's Alex Rodriguez. Mm -hmm. She's very dear to my heart. Um, And she started a Bible study for our track girls. And that was where I actually met some of my best friends and we just journeyed together all throughout college. And it was, it was special for me because athletics was a huge part of my college career. And so to be able to already began college without it being the separation of sport and faith. Um, It was very integrated and especially at Benedictine as well, everything we did was for the glory of God. And so just to learn more about my faith through Bible study and through um, lots of other things that Focus did, um, we had an athlete holy hour every week, which was a huge part of my conversion to just a love of the Eucharist. um, And actually another way that I got to, use my gifts was to help lead praise and worship um, for that time. Um, so a lot of different, so yeah, you're big parts of my heart. Yeah, and you mm-hmm. play an instrument at all? Yes, and I do. Music. I play the ukulele.
1: Awesome. She's yeah, that's edible. on my bucket list. I play the guitar, so oh, the uke great. is on my bucket list. We can
5: teach each other. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I did a lot of music ministry in high school and um, more so in college and um, actually write some songs now, which is cool. Um But yeah, that's been a huge part of my faith and focus has been just an avenue to grow in friendship, obviously grow in, in my faith and, um, meet a lot of amazing people. And it was actually at SLS 16, um, when I was a junior in college, I went and that's where I definitely felt the call to be a missionary. So going back this year was really special Mm -hmm. for me because it just reminded me.
1: So SLS, uh, tell our listeners again what that is and how um, a college student would be able to go to this uh, train. Is it a training or a conference? Yeah.
5: So every year Focus has a national conference and the purpose kind of uh, shifts from year to year. So every other year we have Seek and that's kind of just a huge, a huge gathering of people. And, um, it's very inspiring. Um, we call it maybe a, a win event. Um, so anyone and everyone is welcome to that. Um, and then, like I said, the opposing years is more of a training and an equipping of how not only the missionaries can be on mission, but how students can be on so mission on a campus. this
1: or is this a training This was year. the training. Okay. Yeah,
5: this was the training. Um, so it was really incredible. We actually had uh, over 17 students, there's there's more actually, um, who are saying that they desire to lead a Bible study just because they went and learned more about it at SLS
1: 18. Here at A&M. Yes. Mm-hmm. 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 So y'all both attended this? Yes, we did. So there was about
4: um, close to 8,000 students from across the country. Focus is present at over 120 campuses all across America and now abroad in Europe. Um, So there was over 8,000 students and um, young adults that came to this conference and we brought about 100 Aggies Mm -hmm. from 120. 120.
0: (laughs) Now, can you tell us briefly, you had a little bit of an odyssey deciding like how you were going to get to the conference, right? And that was sort of a fun bonding experience for the team, correct, as I'm recalling?
1: Thaddeus
5: caught me when I was very stressed out in September, figuring out how we were supposed to get all these Aggies to Chicago. And we had 100 students brave the uh, the long trek on two charter buses. Um, 20 hours. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I think it was more than that, actually, with all of our technical difficulties on the road. I think it was more 22, 23 hours on the road. It was a true pilgrimage, yes. we like to say. <laughs> yeah. So we ended up taking two charter buses all the way up. And then some other students ended up flying in from wherever they were. Wherever their home
4: was,
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um, so tell us about—is it a three-day, four-day event? Yeah,
4: SLS is a five-day conference, and there's three full days in the middle. And um, like Catherine was saying, it's focused on equipping leaders for the new evangelization, um, which is really focuses primary ministry and um, apostolate, is raising up leaders um, on college campuses, young adults, to know how to spread the faith, spread the gospel, and invite people into relationship with the Lord um, through the fullness of the church. Mm-hmm. And so SLS, those three days were geared, those full days geared towards um, three different topics. The first day was authentic friendship. Um, what does it mean to like truly live out virtue within your friendships. Um, The second day was geared towards divine intimacy. And um, what does it mean to have a prayer life, to encounter the Lord in the sacraments? And then the third day was for discipleship and evangelization. Um, So really once you encounter the Lord, the The only response, the honor, and the responsibility is to share that with other people. So, how how do students do that? What does that practically look like? So, each day was split up. We would have mass in the morning with um, over a hundred, maybe even close to one hundred fifty priests mm-hmm. celebrating, oh, it's always which was so oh, amazing. It's the <laughs> it's, it's the best incredible.
1: part. Incredible. Yeah. Um,
4: and then uh, there would be a large keynote in the morning. Students would have breakout sessions in the afternoon where they could go to specific training sessions. Um, in each of these topics and then they would come back together. I think this is probably one of the most, the coolest parts of SLS is they would be placed in small groups. So we had a hundred, over a hundred Aggies and there was about 10 small groups of 10 Aggies each, either Mm -hmm. men or women. So they would get the opportunity to come back together with students from their own school, their own friends and share with one another what they learned and be able to teach the other people in their group. So it's, the, the best part is, yeah, they're not just receiving all this information, but they actually have the opportunity to share it. So they they have a sense of confidence, I think, of like, mm-hmm. I've already done this. I've already shared it. So when I come back to campus, it's not like, oh, my gosh, how, yeah. how am I supposed to, to tell this to people? Mm-hmm. It's like, you no, know, I've already done it, and I know I can do it.
1: Yeah, part of what – the uh, yeah interview before y'all came on uh, was talking about high school youth that are going, there's only 2,800, you know, around 3,000 teens at that. But uh, the realization, number one, there's a, you know, a lot of teens that didn't come Hmm. and you're going to encounter them and how to, you know, when you've experienced something, the Lord has something prepared for you. As you said, we're meant to be sent out and share that um, and along with that, you know, just the joy in this room from being around y'all and uh, knowing that I'm going to go to this uh, youth event next weekend. You know, it's just so wonderful to have hope, you know, day in and day out. We hear of uh, young people and we encounter them. I'm sure uh, y'all do on the day to day who who don't believe and who are fallen away Catholics. And uh, the statistics can become overwhelming the other way Mm -hmm. and uh so just for our listeners i would hope you're experiencing this um our church is alive and vibrant Mm -hmm. and growing with that with all the other uh not so positive
4: yeah yeah absolutely and i think that is probably at least for me i think Catherine, you could probably um say the same thing, is one of the biggest joys of being a missionary is, um, yeah, we're faced with, like you said, all these statistics, you turn on the news or, you know, any type of social media and seeing kind of the corruption of our culture and the way it's become progressively more and more anti-Christian, anti-Catholic. But to be a missionary and to see um, the way that that the Lord is working on college campuses here at a and We see it every day, um, the way that conversion is real, that students are encountering the Lord and wanting to change their lives to, to be focused around him and to live their lives for him. And then not only to live in relationship with him, but then they're inspired to go share that with their fellow students. And it's just, it's incredible. Like you said, that hope is, is so present.
2: Hmm.
0: So uh, speaking of the experience on campus, so something I want to know about, and I bet a lot of, of other people who are listening think about this, can you give us a sense of what's the typical profile of the student that you're um, discipling or that you're encountering? What's the What are some of the specific things that you do to come into relationship with, with students who aren't, um, maybe they haven't darkened the door of a Catholic church ever, or they are lukewarm in their faith um, or maybe they're very committed to their faith but they want to you know take it to the next level as as we say today mm-hmm. so give us give us a sense of, of the, some of those dynamics and and what the students look like that you minister to and, and feel free to bounce back and forth
4: yeah I think um, you kind of hit when you're explaining all the like, you know, the different types, there's a lot of different students that we encounter. Um, I so. don't know if
5: there is a typical student. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, typical
1: no matter what that. we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: So I think um, a lot of the, the students that we encounter and that we are in a discipleship relationship with, most of them um, are are at a place where they are living out a life of faith and desiring to share it. Um, so I think that that's one one type of student that we encounter. There's students that are are already committed, um, much like we like to say like the apostles were the 12, they were, they were already faithful Jewish men that Jesus was just um, investing in more deeply in teaching how to share the faith with. That's kind of what maybe a disciple that a student disciple looks like. Um,
5: and mm-hmm. then, Yeah. So it's interesting. I think, uh, something, some buzzwords that missionaries use, um, is using the method modeled by the master. Um, of (laughs) course, talking about Jesus himself. Um, so when we look at the gospels, we have, you know, all these stories of Jesus preaching to these massive crowds, anyone and everyone he's meeting on the, on the streets or, um, maybe in a boat. Um, and then he has like, like Mary Kate, he said, uh, you know, he has these 12 apostles. Um, And then even from there, we see several stories where it's only Peter, James, and John um, having more of these intimate encounters. And so we as focused missionaries, um, and as an organization definitely strive to model that. And that's actually where our national conferences come from. This idea of anyone and everyone, these these massive gatherings um, where it's not only inspiring, but we also have the opportunity to reach a lot of people uh, all together at once. And then on campus, we have we have some events that are like that. Um, you know, we have retreats going on, or um, we every Thursday have an opportunity to have Eucharistic Adoration, where anyone and everyone is definitely welcome. Um, and then we have our Bible studies, and even from there, we have our discipleship relationships. And so, yeah, we encounter different students across the board, and even um, you know, walking to mass on campus, we can can see several students. Obviously, the campus of A&M is huge, um, just passing by and you never know if a conversation is going to strike mm-hmm. up. Um, so yeah, it's, it's incredible to always
1: have the opportunity to just share the, the joy of Christ. Mm-hmm. So uh, both of you were just experiencing life in, in your college, uh, uh, respective colleges, and there were focused missionaries there that obviously had an impact on you. Um, tell me about being ministered to and realizing that maybe that was something that you wanted to do and how that kind of played out. I think that'd be fascinating to hear.
5: Hmm. Yeah, I kind of shared a little bit um, of like I was Mm -hmm. in a Bible study uh, from the get go and was involved in in various ways and going to the conference SLS uh, 16 is definitely where the tables started to turn Mm -hmm. and I kind of saw, hmm, this might be something I'm interested in. And I was telling you before the show that I actually majored in theology and evangelization catechesis at Benedictine College. And so something with youth ministry or something of that sort was definitely on my horizons, but I did not think that it would be with college students and with focus. And so Yeah, it was a a series of events, um, some conversations here and there, and really just listening to the tug of my heart um, that Jesus was saying, hey, maybe this is it. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're supposed to do this. And I fought it for sure. (laughs) I was like, there's no way Um, because this is very it's a very radical thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's yeah, it's definitely a special call um, that I think everyone should be open to. Um, And yeah, lots of prayer and discernment and also just not, I I freaked out at first and then it was like, okay, let's just calm down and, and maybe we'll look into this. And um, there's some great resources to discern uh, being a focused missionary. And definitely my missionaries were helpful in questions I had about
1: it. Mary Kate. Yeah. uh, How does that compare to your experience?
5: Um, So
4: Actually, going to school at UT was a big part of my journey. To you.
1: you know that it's I, To you,
4: for me personally, you know, I can't. I can, there's many Aggie things I will do, and I'll wear maroon. But I, you know, I'm a proud Longhorn. Still. Okay, okay. But um, yeah, I, as, as you guys well know, um, the University of Texas is a pretty secular, liberal school. And um, in high school, I heard that all you know, in preparation to go to college, like, be careful. It's going to be crazy. You know, don't lose your faith. And um, my older brother, actually, he's eight years older than me, went to school at UT and um, fell away from the faith. He was, you know, we grew up in a Catholic family. And when he went off to college, he was one of those, um, the the statistic is nine out of 10 um, young adults will walk away from the faith um, by the time they're 22 or 23. And so he was one of those nine of 10. And um, I remember the night before I left for college, I was laying in my bed, couldn't fall asleep because <laughs> the next day I was going off to a new city and a new school. Um, and I remember staring up at the ceiling and just thinking, God, please do not let me fall away. Don't let me lose my faith. Um, and I was terrified of it because I knew I didn't want to live um, a lifestyle that the world would, have, would, would offer. Um, and so I moved to school the next day. And um, I think the day after that, two days later was a Sunday, And I went to Mass at the University Catholic Center. And as I walked out of Mass in the atrium, they were Focus missionaries Mm -hmm. that had clipboards to join a Bible study. And my roommate and I, she was also from New Braunfels, we both said, sure, we'll join a Bible study. (laughs) Um, And I didn't know it was Focus Bible study at the time. And so we joined that study and a student, much like Catherine, a student led the Bible study. Her name was Hillary Camp. She was a sophomore. She was involved with Focus. And um, she led my study week after week. And she had this contagious joy. She was the first young person I had ever met that prayed a holy hour, that went to daily mass. Um, you know, I was used to seeing um, people that were not my age at daily mass back home. And mm-hmm. so it was really radical encountering this girl that had contagious joy. She wasn't just happy. She was joyful. And um, the more I became friends with her, she would invite me over to make pancakes at her apartment, <laughs> just like normal friendship things. Um, <laughs> She challenged me to grow deeper in my faith to start praying um, every day. She would invite me to mass. And yeah, it wasn't through like this obligation of you should be Catholic. You should, you should do these things. It was through her friendship that um, I began to encounter the Lord in a deeper way. I, I would, I would never say I fell away from my faith, but um, I really experienced a deeper encounter in a relationship with the Lord. And I fell in love with him, mm-hmm. which I had never, I had never experienced before. Um, oh, that's so beautiful. So I and... think experiencing that and then um, experiencing the joy that I, that I had found with the Lord and seeing the contrast of that painted against, you know, a very um, crazy secular school um, and seeing the way that my classmates and the people that lived on my floor in my dorm didn't have a speck of that joy. They didn't even mm. know that they were created for a relationship with the Lord and seeing the ways that they, they weren't happy and they didn't know why. Um, it was kind of like this, this spark in my heart of like, Oh my gosh, if I don't tell them, I don't know who is. And um, I think that was where really the missionary zeal began to ignite in my heart. And um, it just felt natural to, to kind of discern being a focused missionary. And um, yeah, I applied my senior year of college. And it, it really was, I, I believe, the easiest decision I've ever made to want to be a missionary.
1: Oh, wow. That's yeah. great. So uh, take us through that process. You apply.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... So you apply and uh, then you have the potential to go to a recruitment weekend. So they have weekends about four, I guess every semester Mm -hmm. where um, you go and it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and it's um, like a professional interview. You have, um, you know, a panel interview. uh, That's about, I guess an hour and a half and you have a lot of time for prayer and the sacraments. Um, And so it's really cool. Now being on the other side of it as a focus missionary, Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's really just, we want the best for the people that apply. Is it a good fit? Mm -hmm. um, This apostolate. And so, um, yeah, I went to, when I was a student, went to my recruitment weekend and um, just felt a lot of peace and a lot of joy um, with with being a missionary and really felt like that's where the Lord was calling me. So when I got the call, I said, yes, I want to do it. <laughs> she said, do you want to pray about it? I said, no, nope, I, I already have. I just want to do it.
1: <laughs> and then um, how much time between that point and you can wear your focus badge and you're official <laughs> and you get an assigned You got assigned. Mm -hmm. So um, I interviewed in
5: November. Yeah, so did I. Mm -hmm.
4: And uh, (laughs) so then training isn't until the following June, you graduate college. And then we both went to Ave Maria, Florida Mm for about five weeks. Shout out to Gianna Fontana, (laughs) a friend of mine's daughter that's going there right now. Oh, cool. It's a beautiful campus. Gosh, very sunny. Um, (laughs) And so, yeah, then you have five weeks of intense formation and prayer before you're sent to campus the following August.
1: Mm -hmm. So y'all drew the long straw and got to (laughs) come here to Texas A&M. And how many other uh, focus ministers, uh, missionaries, are there here at Texas A&M?
5: We have six missionaries here. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's three guys, three girls. Um, So Mary Kay and I, of course. And then our team director, Fallon, she's incredible. Um, She... uh, went to KU and she's from New Mexico. Um, so there's a little bit of you know diversity in there. And then our male missionaries are Dan and Alec. Alec also went to K-State and Dan went to Nebraska. And then he was a missionary in Colorado last year. Um, and then we also have a very special addition to our team, Clayton. Um, he... It's kind of I don't know. Mary Kate, can you speak into his position a little bit more?
4: Yeah, sure. So he's a full time student here at A&M. He's a senior, and he also is a full time missionary. So um, he is part of our team, but he's
1: still a student. So, mm-hmm. and so you you have to fundraise for your uh, livelihood and. Yeah. Yes.
4: <laughs>
5: <laughs>
1: yes.
4: Yeah. It's it's truly an honor. Actually, we um, have. Mission partners that support us mm-hmm. um, financially month to month, and um, we have our support team, and it's really a beautiful opportunity um, because we are, you know, young and able to. We don't have really many obligations or ties that keep us from being able to to give our full lives as a missionary. Um, but a lot of people don't have the opportunity to just leave their jobs or their families to to go do mission work. Mm-hmm. So it's a really beautiful honor to get to invite people into what we're doing and really give them a stake in our mission. Mm-hmm. Um, that what we're doing here isn't just isn't just our work, but we're able to invite other people into that. Yeah.
1: Well, I know my friends that attended SLS fundraised. uh, So that was like a beginning Mm -hmm. springboard into a missionary to, to have other people help them go to this uh, conference. And uh, it really, I was honored to be able to help someone go there. That's
5: amazing. This past,
1: uh, it was in January, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, Thaddeus mentioned that uh, Bishop, Robert Barron was there uh, and spoke. Did I hear correctly? I'm. I hope I'm not. Uh, <laughs> well, just, was Jim Caviezel? to speak yeah, there? Because he I heard it on there. Drew yes. Mariani and I saw it. Uh, it was amazing. <laughs> it uh, was our a prize, surprise for our <laughs> listeners who may. They're was,
0: blushing a little bit. Yeah,
1: for <laughs> our, a little, our little bit of a blush. Who may not know who Jim Caviezel is? He uh, played the role of Jesus in. The Passion of the Christ, and um, what I heard he's on Drew Mariani. Books, yeah, he's yeah,
4: he's easy on the eyes. <laughs> oh my uh, when he walked out, I was like, "Is that Jesus?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> but what I, I heard of the portion of his talk, it really was very powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe you could speak to that. Uh.
5: Yes, it was was so out of the blue, I think. Uh, But it was incredible. No one really expected it. It was was a surprise, total surprise. Yes, very secret. Um, And it was just incredible. He was speaking about his upcoming film about Paul, the apostle. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was just amazing. He was speaking about just his own conversion story, I guess, um, throughout his time. Acting as Jesus, um, yeah. and then now looking at, yes, just like this life of Paul and um, his relationship with the scriptures and how that's formed um, all the films, and then he kind of he kind of went off script and was just completely there was nothing but inspiring, so mm-hmm. it was amazing. Yeah, I think yeah. the biggest thing that stuck out for me was um,
4: he's like so he's so fiery and passionate, um, and I think. Yeah, I, I walked away with. Um, we are not meant to like live in this world as Christians. We're supposed to be set apart. And um, that, absolutely. that's our call. Yeah.
1: Well, girls, as we spoke before we got started, how swiftly this time went by. <laughs> I sure want to thank y'all and hope that you'll come back and we can uh, talk more and <laughs> ah, more and absolutely. more about this. Uh, so wonderful missionary focus ministers. You can go to four focus.org and learn more about that on your own and uh, what a whirlwind day we've had here at Red Sea Roundup and we want to thank our listeners. Have a great day.